Uh, I'm actually one of your campus missionaries. I'm Gabby Tiongson. Um, maybe some of you remember me, but that was a few months ago already because I was part of the original team. But now I do serve at the 2.30 and 4 p.m. Um, Sunday services, and on Fridays, I am assigned in the Madison area. So just to introduce to you guys that I am not the only campus missionary. In fact, you know Nikki. She is one of them. We're actually nine. We are nine in the team, and we are all assigned in different service times on a Sunday. So maybe you don't know um, the others, and maybe you do know just Nikki. But actually, we're nine, and the nine of us are assigned to multiple locations. Seven, 11 locations and seven services happening simultaneously on a Friday. So that's really the superpower team that we have. And it's all because of you guys. It's all because we're part of this church who believes in the next generation. It is such a privilege to be here in front of you today. Because I can't imagine any other place than to preach to our very own church on the heart of God for the next generation. The past week, we talked about the identity that God has for His people. That He knows each and every one of us before we were formed. That He sets us apart for a purpose before we were even born. And that's what we're talking about today. How in this new filter, uh, no filter series, we have to strip apart everything that we feel that identifies us. Take it all away. Your background, the things you like doing, your strengths and your weaknesses. Strip it all away. Take out the filter, who are you really? And as we ask ourselves, who are we really? What are we here for? You see, God answers that to Jeremiah. So I'm going to read our verse for today. Hold up. <laughs> okay, I think this is better. Okay, so let us pray. <laughs> I feel we need to pray. Lord, may your presence be here. I pray, Lord God, that your spirit will speak to us. Thank you for the preaching of your word. Thank you, Lord, because you have a word for us today. Lord God, that we are not just going to sit in here, Lord God, and just make it pass by, Lord God, but we declare we are expectant that you will speak to us. Thank you for you will anoint the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we said in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 45, let me read it to you. It says here, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Last week, we talked about up to that point, but we skipped out the I appointed you a prophet to the nations. You see, when God puts the ident our identity he does so for a purpose. You see, our identity, our identity determines our destiny. And that's what you will see in Jeremiah's life. God knew you before you were formed. God set you apart before you were born. That goes to show, guys, you are not an accident. 
every single one of you here is not some random jumbled up matter that formed into existence just because. Each of you were created and crafted in the image of God. You were known before formed. You were set apart for a purpose before you were even born and conceived. You are not an accident. Too many, too often students that I talk to tell me they don't know why they exist. Ask me if they still have a purpose. And these are teenagers. Are you really supposed to know what you're supposed to do when you're not even done studying your calculus and your algebra? And yet they feel that pressure to know why they're here, what for. You know why they're bombarded with people online and social media flashing away what they found, their niche, the thing that tells them who they are. While young people are insecure. You know, these are issues that we face in every generation. It just so happens, mas maingay tayo sa social media. Kaya mas ramdam na mga students ngayon. Insecurities are not new. And yet now we see how it affects students so differently today. And I believe one of those insecurities is not knowing why they're here. Not knowing what, what they're here for. Maybe I can only imagine for some students, they're growing up in a culture where people are telling them, wala silang kwenta. Now, for all the mistakes they've ever done, that's who they're known for. Their past. Some of them have to hear that every single time. That because they made a mistake, that's who they are. It saddens me. But that's a real situation we're going through today. People don't know their purpose. In fact, it's not just students. <laughs> it's you and me. We can be in a 9-to-5 job every day, but still ask ourselves, is this really the job for me? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? We can enter a business, we can enter a new field, we can enter different kinds of things, and yet we would still at some point at the back of our head ask ourselves, ito ba talaga, Lord, yung gusto mo para sa akin? Maybe for some of us, we're scared to dive into something else because we're stuck in our comfort zones. All this to show that sometimes the most intimidating thing in life is whether we're supposed to be where we are. There's that fear. And yet the world will tell us to find our purpose. Maybe you can find it in what you're passionate about. Doesn't that what the world say? You want to find your purpose? Try something that you're very passionate about. Siguro naman, dun mo mahahanap yung purpose mo. What if the passionate thing that you like, you're not good at? It also makes sense. There's also this mindset that you need to succeed in what you're passionate about. Right? 
especially for businessmen and women. Don't you want to make a business out of your hobby? <laughs> and then end up not being good at it. <laughs> we have so many, you know, ideas sometimes, whether that's sneakers, collectibles, toys, mountain climbing. I don't know what kind of service you can provide. And sometimes we're thinking, hmm, at the end of the day, it still makes us question, is this really what we're supposed to do? Is this who I really am? Is this what God really intended for me? Now imagine God was speaking to Jeremiah, saying that he knows Jeremiah before he was formed, that he was set apart before he was um, called and born. And this is how Jeremiah responds to God saying to him, I am appointing you a prophet to the nations. God gives the purpose to Jeremiah. Isn't he so blessed? He knows na. Whereas every one of us are in life finding out God's purpose for us. But here, here's the thing. This is how Jeremiah responds. He responds by saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Here is God presenting to Jeremiah, reassuring him that his existence has a purpose, and that purpose is to be a prophet to the nations, and yet he goes, Oh, I can't, I'm too young. Why me? Maybe for some of us, we're in that kind of boat. God is calling you to do something with your life. But this is sometimes how we react. Maybe for some of us, the problem is not finding our purpose. It's accepting it. Because I feel, especially for those who've been walking and journeying with the, with the Lord for many years now, I believe you've been seeking and praying, Lord, give me direction. Lord, what is your purpose and your call in my life? But then the Lord speaks and you find it too hard to do or too big of a task. Suddenly we have so many excuses. Lord, huh? You want me to preach the gospel to my classmates, to my office mates, but I'm not yet spiritually mature. I'm only a youth. Or God maybe has been telling you to be reconciled to a family member, to be reconciled and drift off like the the the, the disruptions. And you're saying, Lord, but this is my situation. You don't know what happened. Why me? Why do I have to be the one to make the first move? There is a call, a task, a purpose in our lives. And the moment we walk and journey with Jesus, God makes it known. There's another half of the room who don't know their purpose. So this word is for all of us. You see, when God called Jeremiah, he called him to be a prophet. What's such a big deal about being a prophet? Here's the thing, a little background about Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah was born into a family of priests. If you're born into a family of priests, it is already given that your work would be priesthood. That's a given. Because that's how it was before. Now, as a priest, you already know what to do. You grew up knowing and seeing the people in your family doing it. There are rituals to do in a temple. You just know the ins and outs. But when God called Jeremiah to be a prophet, that's different. First of all, a prophet can come from any area. But a prophet would have to prove himself that he can indeed hear from God. Unlike the priest who does the ins and outs of the temple work. And take note, God called him to be a prophet, not to his nation, but to all nations. Imagine yourself representing your class or your company. And then representing the nation. And then representing the whole world. And you're before every country. <sighs> That's the task God was asking from Jeremiah. And he was just a youth. That's true. Bible scholars say he was just around 17 years old. Kaya naman palaganyan yung sagot niya kay God. Why me? I'm only a youth. I don't know how to speak. You see, God chooses and appoints regardless of age, background, circumstances. He doesn't care about all of that. He knows the call He has for you, the purpose He has for you, even before you were born. So don't give the excuses of this is your background, this is where you grew up in, and this is what you're used to doing. God calls. Now this is what the Lord says in response. Verse 7 to 8. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all of whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. God said, go where I send you, speak what I command, and don't be afraid of the people. What a great conversation with God. Nalaman na nga ni Jeremiah na yung identity, identity niya, tapos sinabi pa ni Lord, yung purpose niya, and then God says, don't worry. I will tell you where to go. I will give you the words to say. And I will be with you. Don't be afraid. Here's the thing. The Lord, when He gives us a call and purpose in our lives, He does not leave us alone. In the next verse, He says this, Then the Lord put out His hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. When God appoints you, He anoints you. For the call and purpose that He has set before you in your life, He is already preparing the milestones you need to have to get there. He is already preparing the teachable moments with you so that you can get to the purpose that God has for you. He's already preparing the words that you need to say, the actions and decisions you need to make. He's setting up your life that way because of that 
purpose he has for you. He will equip you. He will teach you. He will instruct you. He will anoint those he appoints. Here's the thing. With sometimes receiving a vision from God. Have you tried doing that? Praying prayers where you're asking, God, give me direction. God, what am I supposed to be really doing in this life? You know those kinds of prayers where you're kneeling before God and you're saying, Lord, give me a vision. I've prayed that prayer before. And it overwhelmed me. Oh my gosh. Shemfre, you asked a vision from God. And a vision is not a goal. A vision is something beyond you, something bigger than you that sometimes you can't even achieve in your own lifetime. So when I asked God for a vision in my life, I saw something that made me feel so small that I felt it is impossible to achieve. I said, Lord, why would you give me a vision that's so big na parang di ko naman ata kaya yan na yung pinapagawa mo sa akin? And then I realized this. God gives such a big vision to, to His people, a big task, a big mission to us. Because His heart for us is just as big. He believes in us so much that He gives you a big vision because He knows the plans and purposes He has for you. That reveals the bigness and greatness of God's heart for us. You know, when God gives us a purpose and a vision in life, it's so big. When God asks us, Ikaw, anong plano mo? Um, graduate, magkatrabaho, magkapamilya, magkaipon. Okay na yon. Ang liit pala nun, Lord, no? Sometimes that's how we think. And then we get overwhelmed when God gives us a vision like, Lord, it's too big, I can't do that. Not realizing God dreaming big for you because He believes in you. He has already set it up for you. The only thing missing is you in His path, going towards it. This is what God says to Jeremiah. He says, See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. God was pertaining to Jeremiah of the things he would be doing. He would be before kings, corrupt kings, corrupt leaders, and they would not listen to him. God was telling him that's what's going to happen. You're going to try to pluck up and you're going to try to destroy and you're going to try to build and plant. But here's the thing. That whole conversation is overwhelming in itself. Maybe we can have a hard time accepting God's purpose in our life because we're not looking at God in His heart for us we're looking at ourselves and our insecurities. Maybe it's hard for us to accept God's purpose that even... So maybe for some of us, it's hard to accept God has a purpose for us. Then for the next layer, for some of us, it's hard to accept God has a purpose 
for you, that's great. We have so many excuses. We have so many doubts sometimes. Or maybe for some of us, we don't want to leave our comfort zones. We want to stay in this area where we feel comfortable. Maybe God's asking you to do something in your school and do a radical change. Maybe God's asking you to step up in your work or make a radical decision in your business. Maybe God's asking you to leave the line of work you're in right now. I don't know. But God's definitely speaking to each and every one of us because he has a plan set up for us already. You see, when God gives you a vision, a purpose in life, definitely it's big and daunting. You know why? Because that vision in your life, that purpose, it's never just for you. It's so big that it's beyond you. It impacts the people around you. That's God's heart for all of us. So sometimes we keep looking at our situation because it's all about us. God wants to speak purpose in your life so that you can be used by him and the people around you. For those who've ever thought that they were an accident. Who've ever thought that there's no purpose in this life. This is for you. God has a purpose for you. God has a vision for you. And for those who've been praying and asking God, and you've already heard it, but you're resisting, you're in your comfort zone, God's asking you to accept it. You see, with Jeremiah's life, knowing that he would have to face kings and all these corrupt leaders and that no one would answer him or repent towards God, this is what happened to him. Jeremiah felt like a failure. He says in chapter 8, verse 18, chapters after, he says, My joy is gone. Grief is upon me. My heart is sick within me. You see, here's the thing. In the 40 years of ministry of Jeremiah, from the moment God called him and appointed him to become a prophet, not one person ever repented. Meaning, not one person ever went back to God. Wala siyang na-disciple. Marami siyang prinichan, pero walang nag-change. In fact, the, his nation where he was in got conquered times that he got imprisoned, times where he had to be in a deep well. With, that's where he ate, that's where he lived, and still nobody listened to him. Jeremiah just kept doing what God asked him to do. Today, people will call it foolishness. Ever tried doing something, maybe that's your business, not giving up on it, and people are like, Tama na yan. Nagsasayang ka lang ng pera. Think about something else. Think of a different direction in your life. Try telling that to Jeremiah, who did this for 40 years and not seeing any fruit. You see, maybe the way we define success 
is wrong and not at all according to how God defines success. You see, Jeremiah would go on in verse 20 and realize how God was there for him. It's a roller coaster for Jeremiah, receiving his identity and his call, and then being down because parang walang nangyayari, Lord, I'm doing naman what you're telling me to do, but nothing's happening. And then chapters later, he suddenly says this, but the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. They will fail and be thoroughly humiliated. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. Doesn't that reflect how we are with God? <laughs> At one milestone in our life, we're so on fire for God. Yes, I know my identity. Yes, I know I'm called. And then at one point, Lord, I'm doing this. You told me to do this. Nothing's happening. And then another milestone in your life, like, let Lord, I remember the call you have for me in my life. I'm going to stick with you and I'm going to push through. Jeremiah reflects all of us. But here's the bottom line. Jeremiah was obedient and faithful. You see, maybe even though God gave him such a huge task to be a prophet to nations and nothing happened was for a reason as well. Maybe the definition of success to God is not the way we understand it. To God, what was more important was the obedience and faithfulness. Will you still keep doing what God tells you to do even if you don't see the end? Would you keep still doing what God asks you to do even if it's hard? Even if people don't believe you? Even if people are mocking you? Would you still keep doing what God is asking you to do even if in your lifetime you won't see the effect of it? Because let me tell you this, Jeremiah and everything he's tried to preach to didn't happen in his lifetime, but a thousands, thousands of years later, Jesus came. And he redeemed these people. Maybe something that God is asking us to do is not to be successful in the eyes of the world and have all these achievements and whatnot but actually to be obedient and faithful to what God is asking us to do. I have this thing with God where I always have to check my heart, especially being in the full-time ministry, asking God, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? Or am I treating this as a work? There are times where I'm, I'm imagining that if I'm face-to-face -face with God and I want to hear from God, well done, good and faithful servant, that what if he says to me instead, dami mong ginawa, anak, pero hindi yan yung pinapagawa ko sa'yo. Na-imagine ko yun minsan, na Super honest just now. But that's a, 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 a real thought that we go through sometimes. Am I really where I'm supposed to do, be? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Is God really, does God really want me to be here? Am I really doing what God as, is asking me to do? Am I obe being obedient and faithful to the call of God in my life? 
despite insecurities, despite hardships, despite circumstances, backgrounds, experience, whatnot? Am I being faithful and obedient? You know, as a movement, as a church, we were called to every nation and every campus. I'm a product of campus ministry. I got reached out when I was high school. You see, the church believes in the next generation. I know there are times where we have negative thoughts if this generation, especially the generation now, if there's ever hope. But let me tell you, it matters to one student. It matters every single time we reach just one student. Because that student's life has been changed forever. That student's identity has been changed forever. That student's purpose has been changed forever. So whenever we have those negative thoughts, that's not actually helping. That's not being obedient and faithful. Because yes, it will take generations to see the effect of that. But we need to be obedient and faithful to our generation now. If that's your business, are we being obedient and faithful so that my next generation will be able to see the fruits of it? In every decision you make in your personal life, are we being obedient and faithful to what God is asking us to do so that when we have our own next generation, our own family, a different kind of company, a different kind of uh, job and all that, will they benefit from what we've done? Sometimes we're so consumed with seeing results, 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 success, 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 achievements, achievements, that God is really after obedience and faithfulness because the work is God's. It's His job. And our role is to not see the big picture, but to obey every call and be faithful to it. I witnessed generations and generations of students coming to God. As a high school student, my youth pastor was Pastor Bojo, the kids' church pastor right now. My campus missionaries at that time, my Atis and Kuyas were Pastor Joash and Ate Ethel, who are now married and have their own next generation with two kids. I discipled young students while I was also a high school student who were now older. (laughs) Now I realize I'm the one in the full-time campus ministry and I'm seeing another generation. I can't afford to think that none of that matters because it mattered to them. See, we all have a role to play. If there's just one person you know that's young... (laughs) and I'm sure that's more than one, it matters. It matters that we believe in them. It matters that we know they're called with a purpose. Na hindi sila walang kwenta. It matters so much. It matters how we view them. It matters how we speak blessing to them. It matters because every person counts in every generation. That's the call of God for this movement, to reach the next generation. And so I'm saying this again. We have an event in August 3. If you know young people, your own kids, your nieces and nephews, your cousins, 
They need to know that they can be surrounded by the right people in the right community that would help them know their identity and purpose in God. They need not be exposed to all the things that tell them na wala silang kwenta. They need to be here, hearing the word of God, being discipled. That's our heart. You know, it matters if you need to be inconvenienced on that day just so you can bring them. That matters. It will matter to that student, that young person who's coming. It will matter to arrange your calendar and your schedule so that you can make sure that these students, that your young people will be discipled and know the truth. That they could be set free from insecurities and the pressures of the world. It matters. We all have a role as a church. So I just want to invite all the young people and all the parents as well. Sama nyo sila. Let them be part of the church. Let them be surrounded by godly men and women that would speak life to them. Give purpose to them. This is the no-filter truth. Our identity and purpose is really from God. Can I pray for you all? Can I ask you to stand up? Can I ask you all to bow down your heads and close your eyes? I just want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for these people. For everyone who is here in this service, I also believe it's not an accident that you are hearing this word, this preaching. In fact, there's a group of you who've grown up and still don't know your purpose. I want to pray for that group. Lord, you're speaking to them. You're calling forth a vision in their lives, direction in their lives, purpose. Lord, I pray for these people, Lord God, who've been wandering for so long already, asking so many questions to you, feeling as if no one's answering and no one's giving them clarity. Lord, today they will know and see you. Lord, today they will come to you hungry and eager and seeking that only you will be the one to provide the answers. And thank you, Lord, because you are going to put in them a vision, a heart, Lord God, that is going to be beyond them, but that you're reassuring them that it is possible with you, that they need not be afraid if it really is possible or if it really is for them. I speak forth faith in Jesus' name, that they would trust you, that they would have faith and believe the plans you have for them, that it is good, that it will prosper them, it will not harm them, that it is good. Give them faith to believe in you. Give them faith to believe in the one who created them. The purpose that you have for them. There's also another group of people that I want to pray for. I feel there's just this thing in our heart that has allowed us to look down without hope in the next generation. Or for some who abandoned the call of God in our life. Lord, I pray you speak to these people. That you would give them hope. Despite what they're going through. 
despite, Lord God, everything that was painful, you're going to give them hope because, Lord, there's supposed to be a purpose. We believe that. So, Lord, let us see through it. What is the next milestone? What are you teaching us right now, Lord? Because we need to believe, Lord, that you have a good will, a good and perfect will for us. So, Lord, we ask that you take them out of that darkness. That you will set them free with your truth. In Jesus' name.